Uh, thanks, Joanna. Our friends, let's pray. Our Father, as we read these uh, verses, we realise uh, what your people of old were on about and therefore how they responded to what you had done. This was a church uh, that I'm sure we would have loved to have been part of. Uh, therefore, please help us at NHA to be more like this first Christian church and therefore what they were devoted to. And especially like David, who in Psalm 109 is described as a man of prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen. Our friends, today we are obviously looking at prayer. Uh, we're looking at the things that the first Christian devoted themselves to, and one of them was prayer. Yes, they devoted themselves to prayer. It's unusual, well, I think it is, <laughs> how, many, how some countries have many Christians devoting themselves in prayer. But the Western Christian church is sadly not one of them. Yes, there are some Christians in the West who are devoted to prayer, and they are usually found banging their head against a wall trying to get other Christians devoted to prayer. But I think it's fair to say that there are only some Christians devoted to prayer in the West. Why is this so? Like, why isn't the Christian church in the West also described as being devoted in prayer? Like, are those who come to NHA devoted in prayer? Like, are you, am I, devoted to prayer? That's a, a good question to ask. I guess some are, but many, I'm not sure. Uh, Don Carson, a wonderful, faithful theologian from Canada, some of you know him well, in a recent book on prayer describes Christians in the West as this, and he says, we slouch toward prayerlessness. Is that what you are devoted toward, <laughs> prayerlessness? Is that what I slouch toward, prayerlessness? You know, I can uh, easily put guilt trips on people. <laughs> it isn't that hard. I can put guilt trips on myself. It isn't that hard. <laughs> but if we are a Christian, we should be very prayerful. And if we are not, we are actually guilty of not being prayerful. At one level, and uh, it is the great news of the gospel, as we're saved by God's grace, Ephesians 2.8, and his mercies are new every morning, Lamentations 3.23, that if we confess our guilt and ask God for help in this area, he will give it to us through his spirit. And so he will help us to be very prayerful rather than slouch toward prayerlessness. Uh, years ago, I spoke about prayer, and uh, I put such a guilt trip on some people <laughs> that I was not only hammered by various people at the door of the church after the formal service, uh, but a heap of people also came to the prayer ministry that very Saturday morning. <laughs> so many came that we needed to split into groups of several people. You might remember that morning, Howard. <laughs> Yes, devoted to prayer. 
Where on earth does one start <laughs> with such a topic today in the West? Where? And why are some Christians in other countries so devoted to prayer? Is there something that we need to see in them that we have forgotten today in the West? Like, isn't prayer just talking to God? It is pretty simple, isn't it? Like, have we forgotten to simply talk to him? He is the head of our church family, after all. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you must understand, I do not say these things to engender just another guilt trip. But what shall we do? For example, is it not true, by and large, that we are better at organising than agonising in prayer? Are we better at administering than interceding in prayer? Are we better at fellowship than fasting and praying? Are we better at preaching than praying? If so, what is wrong? As you know, uh, I've travelled the world. <laughs> and I can assure you that Christians in Kenya and uh, Rwanda, so too can you, Craig, <laughs> are seen to be devoted in prayer. When they say in their churches, and uh, Sue and I have been to some of those churches, that, they, that they're going to get together on Saturday morning or whenever for prayer, guess what? They all come. All. And they usually fast. And I'm talking about hundreds, maybe thousands of people. But when we get together for prayer each week, we tend to think it is a very good week when we have maybe six people. And therefore, is it simply because we in the West are now too comfortable, too wealthy and too busy? It makes me think of that book. Yes, I've read that one. <laughs> too busy not to pray. Would you believe that book was written almost four decades ago? Who thinks it was way busier back then? <laughs> How much busier is it today? But this book addresses what it's like way back then. <laughs> and they say what we give thanks for or are always talking about often reflects our highest values. If that is so, what do you do? Uh, or do I regularly give thanks for or are regularly talking about? For example, what is most important to us? If someone was to ask the closest person to us what we are always on about, what would they say? Uh, that we're always on about family? Are we always on about work? We always on about money? Uh, we are always on about how busy we are? Uh, we are always on about how tired we are? Uh, we are always on about our next holiday? 
Are we always on about the weather? And we could keep going. Now, there's nothing wrong about any of these things. But there probably is if you are always on about it. As it often does reflect what we value most. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps Christians in the West by and large have forgotten what or whom we should value the most. God. Because if we rightly value him, we would be devoted to not just his teaching and to his fellowship, but also to prayer. And he is obviously, should be, our highest value. Yes, where does one start when one talks about prayer in the West for a Christian? <laughs> or how does one start? Well, I suppose one just starts. And so I will. I'm going to consider three things that we need to be very aware of today, and especially when it comes to being devoted to prayer. And the first thing is this. We need to be very aware of safety nets. Now, what do I mean by that? We need to be very aware of how our society is providing for us. And how, especially if you cry victim, you will be provided for by a safety net. Now, now please don't misunderstand me. Sometimes a safety net is indirectly provided by God himself. But usually, safety nets are provided left, right and centre, sadly, unless you are a Christian church, <laughs> by our government. And so much so that people don't get to cry out to the Lord for help. Don't get to pray. Rather, people complain or we complain until we are provided for. Safety nets like contraception can be good. But safety nets can take, away, take one away from God. For example, it seems that the first thing Christians in Rwanda or Kenya cry out to isn't a thing at all. He's God. But in the West, we cry out to, for example, insurance companies, superannuation organisations and the government. And so we might never get to cry out to God for help or God's family for help. It was just the other year, I think two years ago, that the federal government allocated a further, yes, further $9 billion dollars that's a lot of money. Now to the social security safety net. Nine billion. A further billion. And then you have the NDIS safety net, the PBS safety net, the Medicare safety net, etc., etc., etc. Yes, be very aware of safety nets. I should probably say be very aware of your dependency on such a safety net. Rather, depend on God and how He Yes, he ultimately provides us. The psalmist might have said, how long, O Lord? Psalm 13. But in the West, we might be tempted to answer, until our government provides for us. <laughs> yes, science has provided many helpful answers for us. But I feel our dependency on science, on man, 
has also taken us away from God. That is, away from being devoted to him in prayer. Now, the second thing we need to be uh, aware of is this, and it flows from the last point, we need to be very aware of self. Yes, I've made, I tried to make everything start with S. Self. In the West, but it is behind the original sin too, we are so focused on me, me, me. Life is all about what I, I, I can get out of it. Yes, we have become so smart. Some would say dumb. <laughs> Years ago, the phrase was that we live in a sex-saturated society in Australia. You might remember that phrase. But now the new phrase is we live in a self-saturated society. If anything, I think the latter is a better way to describe things as self includes sex anyway. Yes, we need to be very aware of self. Now, self in this context means flesh. And even though Christians have the Holy Spirit to help us put God first and to pursue holiness, our self, our flesh, sometimes gets in the way. The Romans 7 contrary. And so rather than being devoted to prayer, we work it out ourselves. After all, we are so smart today in the West and so independent. Now that leads me to one of the reasons why we call our NHA Prayer Ministry 357. It's named after Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 7, isn't it, Howard? Which starts off by saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not, yes, lean not on your own understanding. Do you know what? You, you don't have to build your own physical Tower of Babel to live like a Tower of Babel. You can be very independent in your whole life, completely, completely lean on your own understanding and never pray to God, never speak to him. But he, his son, will have the final say when he comes. So my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we all need to be devoted to him in prayer. We all need to talk to him about things. We all need to reflect on what he is like. We all need to be dependent on him, always dependent on him. And if you have been living like a Tower of Babel, stop it. Repent of it and be devoted to him. Hand it on him in prayer. Now, the third and final point is this. Try to get S's. <laughs> we need to be very aware of the spiritual side of things. Uh, we, the um, leaders of NHA, were discussing the other day as to what is behind things uh, that are obviously not God-given. Like, is there anything behind them? For example, was there anything behind us having to move from the Estedford Hall at the end of last year? If anything, the whole dealing of it seemed to be quite bizarre, wasn't it, Paul? And it made me think about... Ephesians 6, and how our battle is not against flesh and blood. That is not physical. 
It might seem that way, but it's actually quite spiritual. And also made me think of Matthew 16.23. Matthew 16.23 says, should be on the screen, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Can't believe you said that to Peter. <laughs> you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Now, when I read, or when I read what led to this, I must admit that I think I'm just like Peter. Well, there's no way that when Jesus tells his disciples as to how the church leaders are out to get him, that I would let that happen to him. No way. I'm thinking, I'd be with you, with Peter on that one. They won't possibly touch Jesus if we have anything to do with it. But then Jesus says these words. Words that some of you know well, no doubt. Besides offending Peter, as he was only wanting to defend Jesus, Jesus says that there is a spiritual side to what Peter wants to do. With the words, get behind me, Satan. Yes, there is in this example, and also in Ephesians 6, a spiritual side of things behind what we might think are simply physical. And it's in the Lord's Prayer too, a prayer that Jesus taught, taught us to pray. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Matthew 6.13. And what is this to do with being devoted in prayer? Absolutely everything. If we aren't being prayerful, we will regularly fall for the concerns of man, merely human concerns, which sounds okay, but is of the evil one at times. Sometimes God's plans are simply not what seem okay to us. It wasn't to Peter or to me. <laughs> it's no wonder that we need to be devoted to prayer to keep discerning his will. And talking about his will, I, I call it his holy Trinitarian will. Now, there are three things he says to live your life according to his will. Now, I bet you'd like that one, to live your life according to his will. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we are told what his will is. It is to be joyful, always. That's one thing. It's to be giving thanks in all circumstances. That's the second thing. And it is to... Help. Pray. <laughs> Pray continually. That is, be devoted to prayer. After this morning service, uh, Howard uh, will be down the front to pray for you or with you. Please join him in prayer. But please also use the Sunday prayers on the bulletin for your own prayers uh, during the week. Don't just chuck bulletin 
in the bin. The prayers on it have been carefully prepared by one of your leaders here. Acts 6.4. Friends, we need to pray. Father, please indeed help us to be devoted to prayer. Stay forward. Please, therefore, forgive us for when we haven't been devoted to prayer. Please help us to realise that our society wants us to draw us away from a dependency on you. And what is usually pulling all the strings is Satan himself. I thank you for the gift of your spirit to help us all in this. And thank you for the gift of your son who now makes it possible to be forgiven and to live a life devoted to you, a life eternal, a prayerful life to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Thanks, Dan.